This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Podcast. Hell yeah, brother. Overload, brother. Beats by at Smoke M2D6. Welcome to the mock game review week one preseason preview episode of the Seattle Overload podcast. Unfortunately, Ty cannot be with us tonight, but Griffin can. So it's not just me which is good because it saves you the bother of having to listen to just my voice. Instead, you can hear a conversation about, firstly, how the Seahawks' offense performed in the mock game. But but before all of that, Griffin, what's up? What's up? Happy to be here. Happy to talk <laughs> about reviewing a uh, team scrimmage and then previewing a preseason game. So it's funny because there was a lot of heroes uh, who were posting – Excellent video, particularly uh, the YouTube account Chancellor, which was an excellent kind of mid-level view, uh, mainly got nice angles of the uh, end zone copy. It was kind of like a, not three-quarter, but kind of two-thirds length side on, and very happy with that, really good footage. And what was funny about that was I hadn't realized how kind of lacking in intensity a mock game is. Like, it it was... uh, I'd say two third pace and two third contact wise. Is that fair? Yeah, no, for sure. Like they couldn't go all out and yeah, the pacing was kind of weird too. It definitely felt like we were watching a, just a more organized practice. Yes. It was a scrimmage. Yeah. It was just a team scrimmage at the stadium. Absolute throwback as well here because I can hear one of your lovely dogs. Yeah. I might need to do something about that. Um, 
well, bef- before that, <laughs> in the, if you do have to do something about that, we, we'll have a nice little cut. But if you don't, d- Drew Locke won the starting job, Griff. Right? Uh, pardon me? <laughs> well. Geno Smith's been named the week one starter. Uh, they're, that they're, is they're... true. But, but based off the mock game, the accounts all seem to be in favor of Drew Locke. And oh. from what you saw, did you did you see Locke looking like a clear starter and way better than Geno Smith? So he definitely helped himself with this game. Um, but I with a quick characterization, like he he was mainly checking the ball down and he's going against a kind of a vanilla defense, like they weren't doing a lot of stuff. And I think for the most part, a lot of the decisions were the right decisions. Um, but I don't really know what there is to glean from this from either of them. I don't know if any one of them separated them if either of them really separated themselves from each other um it right. was like you you don't you don't anoint a guy because he hit the back five times in a row even if it was the right read it's like but um but he definitely helped himself he i think like process wise what to draw from it is he wasn't forcing anything uh his feet were pretty settled in the pocket um and like in denver he was at his he's at his best when he and this is kind of a not encouraging thing to say, but he's at his best when he, his feet are controlled and he's checking the ball down, usually because it's the right decision to make. Um, it's when he's not trying to tap into the extent of his talents is when he does the best because that's when he runs himself into trouble. Um, but so I think it's still status quo off of this. Um, we didn't really get a lot of good angles on what Gino was doing either. So we don't know if what was his fault, what wasn't. We don't know you know, what he was hitting downfield necessarily or what was available downfield. So I, I really don't feel like there's anything to draw from this too firmly. Um, yeah, I, what I would say is Locke had a few more uh, passing opportunities in terms of just like the passing attempts. Also, Gino, like from what we saw, like it seemed like he was executing the offense as designed. Like, okay, there wasn't any glitzy uh, passing plays and that's reflected in his overall production being lower than Locke. But then Locke's glitzy passing plays were quite a bit of yak, and it was exciting to see a quarterback hit over the middle of the field, but it was quite a bit of yak. There wasn't really a deep bomb. It was just kind of uh, taking advantage of the the high-low kind of stretch in the middle of the field that the offense presents itself for like two or three big plays. Um, It was the correct read, but then it was was right there, right? So it it won... um, it weren't groundbreaking necessarily, although it was uh, encouraging. I, you know, I, I've just remembered who uh, the Baltimore Ravens defense coordinator Mike McDaniel reminds me of. He looks like a thunderbird. He really does look like a thunderbird. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, Locke, though, uh, the the other thing with Locke as well is where was I going with that? The yeah, the defense was pretty vanilla. They were they were trying to disguise some stuff. We'll get to them, but um, I mean, part of it is that Drew he knew where the soft spots are in the defense because that's what he's been going up against in practice. So, oh, oh, it, yeah, te- it was all te- very simulated. T- tellingly, as well, I distracted myself. I'm back. Uh, tellingly, as well, Carol mentioned that Locke missed an opportunity at the end of the of the of play. Now, I think if he hits that, which sounded like a deep bomb opportunity. Uh, then I think that sort of completes it all and wraps it up as Locke's a clear winner. Um, and the other thing with that is Carol today mentioned how 
it's about the quarterbacks taking these opportunities when they present themselves. The whole competition he described as basically looking at who takes the most opportunities when they're there, along with just playing solid football, of course. Right. And the fact that Locke didn't hit that opportunity, now Carroll's giving us the actual way of evaluating these guys. I mean, that shows that, you know, there's still stuff he needs to do, still stuff he needs to uh, show the coaches. Like, you can't, if there's an opportunity, like an opening there and you miss it, that's bad. Like, obviously, that's bad. But particularly in, in the eyes of the Seahawks coaches, as Carroll himself uh, revealed today. So, yeah, I, I don't know. Not much to be said. There was that. there was one play. Um, it was under center play action, pocket play action. It was a dagger concept. Um, mm -hmm. Obviously, we haven't seen that, I don't think, ever in Seattle, uh, where it's legit legit um like you know dagger over the middle of the field um and it would have been a tight window but he had dk it was targetable the linebacker was was uh closing the space on the window but he's made that throw in denver before so it was clearly there was just the theme of playing it safe playing controlled and he checked it down to the back and, of the flat and he checked it down and, and it was tackled immediately by uh by mafe i think um, or two hand touched, but well, that was brought up in Locke's press conference as well as like being ex an example of him not being like trying to be as much of a gunslinger, avoiding the bad play. He said they dropped under it pretty well. Um, okay, so didn't like the look. We didn't have the cleanest angle on it, but um, I mean, I feel like going into the preseason game, so they're gonna have to separate themselves by. I mean, someone's gonna have to make those throws in the intermediate. Uh, I mean, whoever hits, whoever goes deep well, that that will definitely be one of the main separators. Whoever's the cleanest in quick game or the cleanest at getting to the check down when it should be there. Because remember, they're not going to be running that much in gun, so they have to replace those like those gimme those gimme yardage plays with the passing game. So the the check down to the back or to the receiver and the deeper drop stuff, it's going to be emphasized. But um, when those opportunities are there, I mean, that's what's going to allow the offense to actually be functional. Um, you know, you have to get those chunk gains somehow. So that will be one of the main things I'll be looking for. But hmm. In his last press conference before the preseason game, Carroll said his, his praise about Locke was really glowing compared to Gino. And now... I, I don't think you can read too much into this. Like, you know, Smith is like, you know, he is, he is what he is at this point. Um, now that could be something more than people think, but like Carol's basically like Gino's who, you know, what we know, like he's solid. Right. Um, but he, he said, you know, there's been a few surprises with him. He's been rock solid. Um, but with, with Locke, he was really raving about him. He's saying his movement, his natural ability, uh, surprised him like some of the stuff that drew does surprised him um saying about his, his quickness of release ability to throw with awkward uh, feet um his, able just to throw on the run skills. too yeah yeah and i think that's not something we've said already but Locke's ability to to throw on the run is greater than Gino. Like, um, oh, absolutely. And, also and he's got um, so much more talent in that respect and that does unlock quite a bit of the offense um uh lucky prophet on twitter that's his handle he's good he does follow. some really good great follow he does some really interesting analytical work um he he was looking at um drew lock sack rates in pocket out of pocket scrambling non-scrambling his ability to avoid 
getting sacked when he extends the play is really, really impressive. And I think that's because he can throw on the run and throw with so many different arm slots and with his feet being, you know, um, off balance, like you mentioned, um, he's able to whip the ball over defenders. So he's hard, he's hard to actually, and he has a fairly low career sack rate as well, but he, he, he can avoid the sack with getting the ball out. Like we said, like when he's, when he's checking the ball down quickly or getting rid of it quickly, but also when he's extending, and I think that's part of what Pete is ta- is looking at, like his ability to just play the sport while he's out running around. Now at the same time, that's when he can run into trouble. But um, the, the the ability to not take negative plays, at least in the backfield, is also there when extending the play. So th- that's something to look for. It's just can he combine that with more accurate throws downfield, better decisions downfield. Um, but so it, it is of note, though, that I think we can still say while the mock game footage didn't really seem that helpful in terms of determining where the quarterbacks are at, we can still say that Drew won the day. Um, it is good that Gino responded back with two really good days in a row this past week, Tuesday and Wednesday in practice, um, where the local beat was saying that it seemed like Gino kind of wrestled back the, uh, you know, kind of being ahead a little bit, um, or at least even the score with tie with the with the tie going to Gino, um, just reverting the status quo. Um, so that's a good sign, at least measuring his resolve. But you know, we're still talking about practice. So, um, but it's good seeing. So when we talk about, when we talk about the ability to get explosive, obviously Drew, Drew Lock's arm talent, he can access the entire field. Historically, he's been really inaccurate downfield, but the, the talent is there. Um, so, but with, with Gino in practice, they were mentioning how he had like a handful of targets, handful of completions, like at 20, 23 yards, 20 yards, 30 yards. That's where Gino's really accurate. And if he is hitting those in preseason, he hits those at a high enough rate or is accurate enough um, that I think he, he will run away with it if he just hits a couple of those um, because he doesn't have to throw doesn't have to throw fifty yard fade balls. He doesn't have to throw the fifty yard deep post. He will try those, um, but if he's hitting, you know, the 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 twenty yard in breaking dig or like the 25, 30 yard. Uh, seam splitter down the middle and and then the 25-yard corner out to Tyler Lockett, et cetera, things like that. And even the shorter fades to DK, that 30-yard range instead of the 40, 50-yard range. I think Pete's more than fine with that because, I mean, we, we, we think about deep ball, we think the way Russell Wilson's done it, but Pete Carroll's had, he's had quarterbacks at USC that don't have the greatest arms. He's no stranger to that. And he's had, he's had, quarterbacks that have, have roughly the same arm strength as Geno, which is like average arm strength. And he's had USC offenses that where they kind of thrived in that 20 to 30, 35 yard area. That's how they got explosive. It wasn't the way Russ did it. So I don't think Pete has any issue embracing the way Geno does it. It's just who can do, who can work in their areas of the field more efficiently. Um, so I, I don't know. It's just what we'll have to see play out. Hmm. And it's messed up because I'm the one wearing a West Virginia hat, so I'm supporting Gino, but clearly you didn't feel the need. Yeah, that's true. You're showing out more. Yeah. So the the Steelers' defense uh, is very good, but it's the preseason, so it probably won't be as good. I don't really know 
much of their depth pieces, which is terrible podcasting, but I, they haven't, for instance, made many like crazy uh, high picks there. I don't think they made any real blockbuster free agency signings, but their scheme will likely be quite um, difficult, I'd say, on a quarterback, right, in, in the sense that they're going to look to cover tight and try a few different pressures, which would test Austin Blythe, for instance, at centre, um, and the, the early communication among the lower strings of the offensive line as well. And if we do get to see some of these edge rushers, the, the top types, like a TJ Watt, which I really doubt, but if we did, it would be cool because then we get to see the, the, the rookie tackles tested on the left side in in Charles Cross and on, on the right side in Abraham Lucas or maybe uh, Stone Forsyth or maybe a uh, Jake Curran. So I don't know. It's probably not going to be as exciting as that, although... I don't know. It's preseason. It's always weird. It, it will be. It will be useful for a few reasons. One, the, the the scheme they run is just so different than what Seattle does. It's a lot of man coverage, like you said. They're trying to be a pressure team, a man pressure team for the most part. They'll do some interesting, like invert inverted stuff. Um, it, it, it will be interesting just by virtue of it being so different than what Seattle's been doing. Because, like we talked about in the mock game. Locke was going up against the same defense every year. I mean, every practice and they were super vanilla, the mock game. So he just kind of knew he knew the defense well enough to to where he knew where to go with the ball. So it will be interesting to see him not necessarily having that, that uh, pre-existing knowledge. Um, So they're going to have to react. Both of them are going to have to react to what they see more, Um, especially at the line of scrimmage pre-snap, trying to find out who's hot, who's my pre-snap option. Um, now both of them also did diagnose well, like if there was an open hitch in the flat, they took it every time both of them did. And well, that's a good sign, um, in the mock game, but further though, like you said, that the tight coverage, the man coverage downfield, while that will be harder to nest, to maybe access the throw, it will simplify it for them downfield. The looks will be simplified. So that means the opportunities might be there for them to, to really try to see who can who can hit the the shots downfield, who can make the the big boy throws downfield in tight windows, they may not be zone windows necessarily, but I'm looking forward to it in that sense because we're going to get enough one on one scenarios. So who can just be more accurate? Who has more chemistry with DK and Tyler? Um, and uh, and well, I guess Goodwin, Swain, and Eskridge won't be playing, so then it will be getting an opportunity to see who has more chemistry with Penny Hart and uh, Cody Thompson and Bo Melton and Derek Young. So that and Aaron Fuller, um, that will be interesting to see as well. Um, from there though. Yeah, I guess it's, it'll be what's going on at tackles. That will be the most interesting part. Um, and it sounds like Lucas has the lead at right tackle. They've, they've still been, swinging him and Curran out and then I think Forsyth is clearly third yep. but uh it's it's a good sign that Lucas is kind of kind of rising to the top there like cream yeah that's that's our metaphor yeah the the receiver situation actually or simile because I said like <laughs> yes very good English um not American um Weird. That came off as like pro-colonial. Um, 
uh, we should mention the receiver situation because there are a lot of injuries uh, sort of cropping up there, which creates opportunities, obviously, for the guys who will be able to play earlier and more often. So Marquise Goodwin has um, felt some soft tissue kind of deal going on. Um, and also Freddie Swain is dealing with back tightness and Eskridge is sidelined with a hamstring that Pete Cowell mentioned a hip thing going on as well, which creates big chances for our guy Cody Thompson, who you likened to Cooper Cup and now I have. So did Thompson, I? you excited? I think you did. Am I just putting uh, you on that I for no reason? I think I was commenting on their... Likeness. Their ethnicity? Um, <laughs> they look nothing alike. Um, they well, actually do have a a, a startling similar uh, combine and height and frame. Um, hmm. Although they move a little differently. But Cody Thompson is actually, he actually is a good route runner, I think, as much as you can say a fringe roster guy is, which that's what he's been the last three years. Um He's always looked good with his touches in preseason. Both Gino and Drew have talked him up. They're like, actually, the both of them are like, actually, I think he's kind of good. Um, not just talking like one of their friends up, right? It was like seemed as legit as it can be for, again, a guy that is always a fringe roster dude. So, like, um, I don't know. It, it, this is a great opportunity for him and Aaron Fuller and Penny Hart to, to try to show that they belong at the bottom of the, the lineup. Also, we don't it's always sad to say, but someone always ends up getting hurt, unfortunately, or it's very common that a guy doesn't make it all the way to camp or make it all the way to week one and gets put on pup or, or IR or, or worse, you know? So, um, this is a big opportunity for them to try to stick around when those decisions are made. Um, yep. Yeah. Uh, Cody Thompson's skill set should really benefit from, um, from the kind of new quarterbacks like right and actually on that same subject it seems colby parkinson has a connection with with both of the quarterbacks particularly drew lock that he didn't manage to establish with russell wilson for whatever reason so maybe we see him go off as well um right i mean he's just such a mismatch and if they're really intent on playing cover one and against a six foot seven dude who has connection and is probably more athletic than the kind of second third string guy Steelers are rolling out i mean that's an obvious opportunity right okay. I, I, if i remember correctly the Steelers did play a little bit of cover three like it's one it's still one of their base calls i think um and last year in the seahawks Steelers game yeah so if if they if we do see any of that that will be telling to see who's simply who's straight up the better operator um, that's such a good coverage to get a feel for how quarterbacks, you know, quarterbacks can kind of read defender techniques and stuff and just make decisions. So I hope we do see enough cover three and that, uh, and that especially in the pure dropback situations to see how Gino and Drew separate themselves from one another, one another there. Um, yeah. So. I don't These know, two we're, teams have never met in the preseason. That was that's very interesting. Great, a great stat. Uh, but, but we're going to see a smattering of everything. We're going to see under. We're going to see under center pocket play action. We're going to see under center movement with the boots and stuff. 
Um, or then we're going to see the, the, maybe, I don't know if hurry up necessarily, but the, the gun dropbacks, um, we might see some pistol play action. It'll just be really important to see like, like I could foresee one quarterback outperforming the other in those broad categories. So we'll have to track that throughout the preseason because they'll have to like Frankenstein together, like what they think the best combination is, because I mean, I could see one doing consistently outperforming in one area and the other quarterback consistently outperforming in the other area. But then how, what decision do they make at the end of it? You know, I don't know. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So moving on to the defense. So if we start with the mock game again, there were a few surprises. There was a lot of quarter, quarter, half coverage seemed to mainly be caught at the quarter side of the tight end. So like super, basic pack uh whatever you want to call it uh which is not surprising and then the one thing which impressed me i guess was how well they handled that fire zone deal which you actually messaged me and i'd literally just watched the clip and was like oh yeah that that's exactly what stood out to me uh where uh two and three basically swapped in the play where with um t- two was up in the seam and uh, no, three went up in the seam and two shortened and the hot to two player was deep. So the hot to two player picked up the the three player up the seam and the hot to three player, rather than having to run all the way up there and and create space in the low hole, which Seattle has given up in the past, he was able to switch back onto the the low hole uh, threat and, and match that up. I think the ball was still completed, but it was like for for minimal gain if it was an actual game and it was just a very good handling of of a concept designed to beat those kinds of um five under or three under spacing in, in the middle hole so right. so good good work and yeah but i mean what other, what things stood out to you about the defense the other thing was i, I wish there'd been a bit more press coverage on display but i think that was just had to happen to be the clips we had on offer yeah we we, we saw quite a bit of um even fronts and nickel like that's clearly a thing they're trying to do because especially when you're in too high if you can get away up front playing four down when you're in too high and still defend the run i mean that's golden right there because that allows you to keep your edge rushers dialed in um keep your edge rushers uh, you know able to keep pass when they do when they do keep pass to really fly off the ball um especially when they're 250 260 guys it's it's really important um so that's that's definitely a theme um because you want to be able to have early down pass rush uh mm. and and on the flip side of what we were talking about with the quarterbacks i'm hitting the check down that it's clear that that's the main that remains the main weakness for the defense because i think for the most part things weren't open at the second level and, and third level uh, the, the back was the check yep. down was so that's that just speaks to the the inherent weakness and we think about how well too high takes pressure off the linebackers and in many ways it puts more pressure on them um, because they're put on an island that's a lot of space to cover so um, obviously Brooks wasn't playing Barton wasn't always in we saw a lot quarterback of quarterback was redshirted so you can't actually finish your pass rush right right so Right. So it's, it just kind of again speaks to that is the inherent weakness and we got to see, 
um, what the pass rush can do for it. I mean, I'm not going to draw too many conclusions from the preseason game because not a, all the ones will be there. They're not going to put out all their calls, right? They're not going to do all the supplementary things. Although gonna... the one good thing about the preseason is kind of the rawness of it being like, okay, when you're one-on-one rather than, you know, we'll judge it up with a bit of scheme. We'll, um, right. we'll spice it up um, with a bit of this. The the pure rawness of winning your one on one, it is still like uh, you know revealing, uh, illustrative of how good someone is. Like it, say if like Mafe starts just working a, a second string tackle, well then you're like, well his athleticism is pretty damn dominant even at the NFL level. Uh, okay, sure. maybe the best tackles can manipulate him more, but he's giving you something off the bench. So I, I do get what you're you're right though, with what you're saying. Right. All right. So should we should we run down position groups and who we're watching and and stuff on the, on defensive on the defense for this game? Well, real quick, I just want to speak on the cornerbacks because Tariq Woolen sure. in the mock game, and I guess we can lead into that. But Tariq Woolen in the mock game uh, impressed a lot of guys. Now it's hard to know how much of that is kind of the result of the play. So he gets a pass breakup. Uh, and everyone's like, wow, that was good. But actually, you know, it's a pass breakup he should make or it's an underthrown ball. But then based off the one-on-one stuff we've seen, both Tariq Woolen and his fellow rookie, Kobe Bryant, who has also been impressing reporters, Pete Carroll has praised him, have had some really good reps. We've seen two of Woolen where he's step-kicking both times. I said he was read-stepping in the first example. He wasn't. He was just... uh, stepping as is designed from the technique with first of his outside foot to keep the hip open for the outside release but his patience and then his ability to step replace for a tall guy and then his obvious arm length um and his co- consciousness in keeping his hips open and and not breaking before the the, the transition and the break of the route is really impressive and then the speed and the length can really get put on show i said when I did my video on him, when I did my analysis on him on this podcast and on other podcasts as well, that he would have a time getting on the field in his first year because of how much techniques uh, strides he had to make. Pete Carroll said as much today, but then went on and said how basically he reminds him of Richard Sherman in that he's actually picked up the technique really well, really quickly. And he, if he does it how he's done in practice, he'll be fine. And um, he might be going up against Chase Claypool of of all, you know, large bodied receivers. Maybe I mean, maybe only for a series or two, but that would really Miles Boykin as well. is on their roster and he'll probably get some playing time. Right. Um, And then who who did they draft? They drafted Pickens, right? George. Oh, Pickens and Calvin Austin. Oh, that's yeah. So we can immediately see how he does against the guys that he's supposed to erase. They're the big body guys on the perimeter. What's what's crazy about those clips um, against DK and the fact that he's by the sound of it, he's been dominating DK actually up until think of the Wednesday practices when DK finally started making things happen against him. Um, Is that like what's DK's number one thing? It's beating press at the line of scrimmage and beating you vertically. And Woolen is just not giving him anything like he, you know, and he can play the ball. It looks like so. Um, what was really nice about that first example was it was against Marquise Goodwin, and Goodwin's like that smaller, shiftier type. And right. Goodwin ran like the r- worst possible kind of route other than an outside release slant. 
against uh, step kick press coverage because in step kick press coverage, if you get a wide outside release, you're stepping with your outside foot, you're then replacing with your inside foot. And then you're thinking, I need to slide out here because he's given me three steps to the outside. I need to transition to stay on top with the Mm -hmm. outside release vertical. Once you've done that and you've turned all the way, they then cut back across your face and they run the slant. And because it's three-step outside release, it takes so long that you you have to open. Otherwise, when they run a three-step outside release route, you're beat. So it's a very difficult technique. And it's why you see the rich chairmans of the world and that like when they started getting loads of that, they did get out of step kick. They, they go for like a kind of soft shoe mirror technique to protect against that. Cause it's so difficult. But what Woolen did, which was great against an outside release, it was kind of a, a sketchy route from Goodwin, but Goodwin's like their guy for route running. He's, he's the example for Sanjay Lau, the new the returning receivers mm-hmm. coach. That's why they signed him. Big reason they signed. Him. He ran like an outside release, stutter back inside hit it was like an outside release sluggo uh slant go route and um woolen did great uh yeah he opened the gate to the outside yeah he could have step stepped a bit quicker but once he'd opened the he only partially opened the gate to the outside he stayed patient in it he slid out but he didn't start getting on his horse now his confidence in his own speed helps but then as goodwin broke back inside woolen was there got his two hands on to stay on top Managed to keep with the hand fighting, transitioned down the field, got his head round for the ball, made a play on the football, which was like super impressive. And then the Metcalf example was a, a lot of stuttering, um, walking him out linearly, uh, linearly down the field, and willing to keep the hips open, stepping back, stepping back. Um, you may have wanted him to get two hands on, but the crucial thing was his feet were right, which enabled him once Metcalf broke outside to break outside with the with the fade and break the ball up. Um, that those are like that. Damn will make him a dominant press corner if he can maintain yeah. that and then keep his confidence when he does inevitably get beat. Um, and then Kobe Bryant, and I'll, I'll kick this over to you, but he he's been getting work as well in in the slot in nickel and. Carroll described him as a gamer and sort of put that down to the fact he makes so many plays on the football. He's a playmaker and they just want to feel out what he can do best. Probably thinking if can we get him playing time in his year one more likely in nickel. But Griff, do you agree with me? That's probably evidence as well that they they wanted more of a man coverage nickel this year. Yeah. Um, And like when they, because they want to grow their cover one package and a lot of it will hinge on what they get out of Justin Coleman. And that will be another guy we have to watch. He doesn't have to be amazing. Can he just show a semblance of who he was when he, you know, before he left Seattle the first time? Um, just because that will allow them to keep playing cover one. But why did why do they want to play cover one? Well, they want to be able to supplement their zone and so that they can be aggressive or um, on earlier downs. I mean, one, yeah, you want to get off, it'll be your main call on third down. You want to get off the field. It's cover one pressure blitz stuff or just straight cover one four man rush. But, um, you know, the, the more you can play cover one on earlier downs and be sound for the run still, the better because it's you're you're trying to defeat them, break them at every point on the field. So and that will like second and five really solid zone defense is great, but you can still check the ball down and set up a third and one or can just barely convert because. I mean, you you take a four yard check down on first and ten, 
um, you say that's good defense. We defeated the zone concept. You, you know what I mean? But that's if the more you can bleed your, your cover one package onto earlier downs, the more you're not just beating the offense, you're, you're taking it to them and you're generating, you're not just preventing positive plays, you're generating negative plays. Um, so that's something they got to be able to do. But like, like right now, they're down Trey Brown, as we already know, and then Sidney Jones and Artie Burns. It sounds like Sidney's going to come back, probably won't play in the Steelers game. Um, or if he does, it'll be light work. But I mean, what an opportunity for Kobe and Tariq who are having really good camps, as are the guys ahead of them. Um, but with the, the, the front line out, I mean, they might, for all we know, they might seize a starting spot um, with this, depending on how this goes. And they're going to have, if they're going up against the Steelers ones just for a drive or two, you know, that's really good work to kind of see where they're really at. Um, the fact that they're getting good results against Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and Goodwin is good stuff. Again, although it sounded like Lockett and DK were really coming alive this past this past week against them. Um, but it'll be good to see. But yeah, if we can see anything of Kobe Bryant in the slot, even if that doesn't necessarily mean replacing Justin Coleman, but they're going to see so many different skill sets at receiver. They have so many skill sets at DB now. They can mix and match guys. They can optimize their cover one package when they go into nickel or dime. Um, depending on the down and distance, like even they can even trot out seven DBs if they want hmm. with some bandit, if it's, you know, third and 15 or whatever. Yeah. Um, what, so, I would, what I would say about Brian is some of his best reps uh, on that Alabama tape. So real high level of competition were versus like cut split receivers uh, where, you know, he's still playing outside corner technically, but he's in the NFL is kind of a slot rep. It can and translate to that. Yeah. It does translate. And also one of his best traits is how he undercuts guys and understands when he can go for the undercut, which on in the inbreakers. Yeah, on inbreakers, yeah. even on on kind of outbreakers like uh yeah, even on outbreakers or like, you know, a comeback, which I've already spoke about. But that in the slot is big because you can't keep running over the top. At a certain point you have to understand when you can undercut the post safety, if we're talking cover one, the post safety enables you to undercut routes because he's your help over the top. Right. But also it means you don't get in as difficult a foot race that the slot represents. Now, the other thing he showed was in that one-on-one -on -one clip versus Metcalf, perfect coverage for a Metcalf comeback. And he won't face um, as good a timing of a comeback route in the in a real game because it's pass rush, there's other variables going on. The quarterback can't just wait for the perfect timing to throw the comeback. But also he won't face as big a receiver as Metcalf. And the slot probably keeps him cleaner from that, even if there are some power slot kind of dudes in the slot. Generally speaking, guys tend to be a bit smaller. Um, and he has like real patience and agility. And that Metcalf rep, even if he had slightly longer arms, he'd have got the pass breakup, I think, because his route to the ball was beautiful. He had a little yeah. subtle tug to get back into the right to the catch point on Metcalf's back of his jersey. And, you know, it, it, he, he managed to get one hand on Metcalf, even though he got short arms. He managed to sort of, he does a great thing where he's able to flip and get one arm on as he does this flip to transition out of there. Uh, it's almost like snatching to stay on top, which is nice. So in the slot, very exciting to see that. And if he's up against a, um, say, a Calvin Austin, who's like a little jitterbug kind of player, then that's a really good test for him because I actually think he's pretty good against the bigger guys, but against like a, you know, the kind of the extreme version of a slot receiver, the kind of jitterbug type, 
then well that's a big test in terms of can your agility hold up like he didn't have the best agility numbers uh so right. it'll be interesting to see him against uh deontay johnson oh yeah if he gets he if <laughs> yeah. they actually play him um yeah. god that 2019 receiver draft is just insanity <laughs> um yeah so what what other position groups are you looking forward to? You're not right. just just talk over the whole roster uh in this preseason game, but not quarterback. So I don't know. Let's let's stay on the defense and let's okay. just go front to back. Let's start. I mean, up front in the interior, we don't really there's not a lot that we need to confirm or see. Like we already know they're gonna be what they are. If Quentin Jefferson or Shelby Harris show a lot past rushing great but like they're gonna get decent pressure this year i don't really have any question about that al woods and mona and puna four they all are what they are right like there's not a lot to you know ponder really i don't think I, the guys to watch on the edge i mean taylor's gonna be taylor um yeah you want to see him playing well but the the wild cards i think are gonna be we want to see boy amafe for sure see what he does um, I'm intrigued by uh, Alton Robinson having dropped 15 pounds. Yeah, that was um, big. That we haven't spoke about that. I was like, because they because they drafted him to be a speed rusher, right? And then yeah. he came in heavy, and they were like, mm, "You're not a speed and rusher his, anymore." And his weight fluctuated in college, and I can't remember which year it was, but either his Second junior season. year, I, the, yeah, the, the last season was worse. The, right, the, the, that, that's right. Yeah, like one of the years looked better, and so he's a guy that knows how to corner, and he has decent play strength, that contact, but doesn't have incredible like speed to power. He needs to be like a get off, speed, strength, finesse dude, and he just doesn't have enough get off to get depth on the tackle to engage him the way that he can engage them well. Like he knows how to corner, he knows how to get the hips around and stuff. It's just he's not consistently getting the, the position on the tackle early enough in the snap. So with 15 pounds off of him, is he just fast enough to get him into those positions to where he can actually get clean wins? So like to instead me, of him... Yeah, go ahead. To me, it sort of sounds... Sorry to interrupt. To me, it sort no, of sounds fine. like he's going to take the Tyreek Smith role, given that Tyreek's sort of start... He's going to almost getting an injury red shirt kind of thing going on. Right. Hard Definitely. to catch up. Um, so it'd be, you're so, saying he needs to do what? So like last year he would, he would have like quality reps in the season last year, but it's like where he's winning at 10 to 11 yards and it's just not good enough. Yeah. So he right. needs, he needs to win at seven, eight yards more frequently. And he's going to do it with, with strength and, and technique. Like it's, it's not, he's not going to declete a guy like Taylor can cause he's converting so much so much momentum at at the point of contact if he really sets up speed to power he's not going to blow by a guy like taylor either with pure speed he has to get to depth he has to get half man on the tackle and then he has to you know beat their hands and rip through and corner on them and bend through it so he needs we he needs to get depth on them at four or five yards and start to bend it you know six seven eight and see if he can get to the quarterback more cleanly um he can do it left or right side, I think. Like he had, I was watching the Detroit game and he actually got their left tackle a couple of times. Um, but again, it was like at 10 yards. Like he, if he's going to stick around, it has to be more shallow. Um, but then the other guy I really want to see, and I want to know if he's just more of like a, you know, an annoying guy in practice to quote Pete Carroll's Aaron Donkor. He had one really good move in the mock game. 
Um, he's crazy fast, crazy explosive. He actually has technique. Crazy Ben, he's just two, you know, six one, two forty. Where was maybe he? Two forty five. What was his college? Like JUCO, some weird thing going on. I don't, I don't know what yeah. it was. But 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 there he was a on-ball rusher. So when they moved him to Will last year, I mean, I guess that was to kind of teach him football to have some like cross training with special teams where you're like block shedding. Uh, you know, you're filling playing downhill, yeah. you're filling a gap. Yeah. But he was always an edge rusher type, really. So the move to the the move to the three four, the accenting of three four personnel in their existing three four fronts and the the built upon foundations in twenty twenty two. Is that is that okay with you, Griff? It's okay with me. Good. It's perfect. Um, couldn't, it's have, okay too. couldn't have no. coped it better myself. Okay. okay, good. Um that really suits Donker and and He's he's very fluid at stringing stuff together. Like he had an inside move on a text game in one of the Seahawks practices, where uh, on the training camp live, where they showed just him and it was well his side of the D line. But it, he beat the right tackle. Okay, it was Forbes who I think has been cut now, but um, like so like fourth string. But like it was nice. Like um, yeah, and against like lesser string guys. I mean, heck, he did it last preseason, didn't he? I swear he had like he a did. few spicy He, he made moves. He made, I mean, that's why we're talking about him right now is because of the stuff he did last year. And then now he's, and then Pete hypes him up every once in a while throughout the regular season talking about practice. And then he, the mock game, he has one really good looking rush. Like it wasn't a fake rush. It wasn't like, oh, the tackle was just too slow. And it's like, is that really translatable? No, I mean, he's straight up cross chop inside arm knocked his hands down bent around it bent through it it was like six yards that he won at it was crazy um so uh he he's too small he's not going to hold up in the run game you know in base but can he be a guy that one makes the team he'll make the team either either way because he gets the roster exemption but can he actually ever be active can he be part of like an 46 man active roster during the season, can he be part of that the the nickel rotational edges? Um, I don't know, man. That's but I, I want to see. I want to see if it's possible. That's right also now, he, cool about the preseason. You have all these names. Like uh, last year, Miles Adams emerged as a big guy that, right. who was like exciting. Even and he's going to get a lot of snaps. Nice plays. So I guess I yeah. I mean, to your point, Miles Adams is the main guy. I think on the interior to watch for to see what he's bringing maybe he didn't bring last year so um, yeah we'd expect him to sort of make the leap if he's gonna if he's gonna continue his progress and he wants to kind of like he needs to beat out aoj collier right and collier's hurt got this injury so it's a big opportunity yeah yeah um all right now now other other side of the ball the the running backs the pennies hurt his groin so it's a big opportunity for Kenneth Walker to be showcased and everyone probably will be very impressed with him. Carol was raving about his ability to uh, pass protect and how he's improved in that area since being drafted because it was a ding on him coming out of college. This pass protection was kind of lacking. So that'll be exciting. I mean, he's so obviously explosive. That was something in the mock game and, and in pra some practice videos where he, he just has some his his low uh center of gravity leads to some kind of exciting moments shiftiness so that would be cool but we have a, another guy another star of last preseason don't we in Josh Johnson yeah 
I don't the, the running back room. They've got five guys, five incumbents between. I mean, Penny will play in the regular season, obviously, but they have they have Penny um, Walker, uh, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. So I'm missing someone. Would that you're make Josh Johnson? A, you're missing a really weird, a really weird one. Did you did you know that they'd signed Darwin Thompson? No. Yeah. I don't know if he. I mean, is he? Uh, not to you know, <laughs> not not to sink him so soon. But I mean, are we really expecting him to make the team? Oh heck, heck no! But um, uh, you know, I think he's the kind of dude who will show up when there's like uh four minutes left, and he'll be like the passing down back right. who catches the check down over the middle for like three yards. Okay, all right. From Jacob Eason. But um, I mean, so I, so I guess that I guess now that Belor is legitimately a linebacker now, I guess that means uh, Josh Johnson is the fifth guy if they go five. Mm. And Travis, um, I, just just on that, Travis Homer was taking reps at fullback. So interesting. Um, so He's I think such a maniac. I think of all those guys, Josh Johnson is more promising as an early down guy, even over tra- um, DJ and. Travis long term sacrilege no yeah um, I, I mean he I seems agree. like he could be undrafted free agent but Chris Carson was a seventh round pick Thomas Rawls was an undrafted free agent I definitely think Josh Johnson could could be a high carry guy um so I will we'll be watching him see how he does hopefully they give him more early run but Pete has barely mentioned him so I don't know what's uh going on there he's mentioned a lot about Travis and DJ so um yeah, I mean, my, sp- d- my spy at training camp said that Josh Johnson was uh, making, was joking with Drew Locke. So clear chemistry between the two. Indeed. Um, and then how do how does Kenneth Walker handle protection? Like Pete Carroll's been talking about, mm-hmm. he's doing well there apparently. Because J- so, Johnson Johnson's best play last season was that inside zone. Or was it the mid zone from the gun? Because he he impressed with his one cut kind of vision, right? Yeah, I can't remember what concept it was because I, he I'm was just explosive. thinking it was definitely zone, but I don't remember. Yeah, if I'm, it was gun or under cool center. I see him in under center outside zone because I don't really think we saw much of that, and it will mainly be mid zone. The right, I guess the other dynamic here with all the receivers hurt is who's going to be the fly, fly sweep guy. Um, because they'll they'll want to do a bit of that motion, especially as it kind of a core part of the offense, particularly this year. Now, Bo Melton, maybe Penny Hart, definitely um, Bo, definitely Penny. I mean, we might see Tyler do it, but I don't think they'll actually give him the ball because I don't <laughs> think they want him getting hurt or taking too many hits. But it would he'll definitely be part of it. Yeah, I mean, Derek Young could do it. He's tall, but oh, definitely Derek. <laughs> He's played in a I wing f- team, man. You got to do yeah. That. Um, yeah, and I think that's probably it. Uh, forgotten name as well is Cade Johnson, who I guess is Cade Fuller. Maybe everyone likes him. Fuller Fuller had an all right preseason last year. Yeah. So they've got like for the preseason, they have quite exciting depth on both sides of the football. Oh, and another thing we should mention is Ryan Neal's uh, dealing with a uh, high ankle sprain, and so safety wise. It's a big opportunity for Josh Jones, Marquise Blair, who's been playing a bit of safety as well. Oh, and, and real quick on that, the, the deal of safety or nickel, I mean, there's a lot of carryover between the two. Really, it's kind of like a three-safety system, even though it's not. 
like unless they start putting an actual proper like man cover corner at the nickel spot but when it's ugo out there at nickel then it's kind of three safety ish yeah and i think they'd like to lean on that a bit more at times they certainly do on passing downs they do lean on that for disguise purposes like when they spin into that um cover two with the free safety down as the middle hole player but um but blair playing safety again it's not it's just a chance for him to practice it and then be able to slot in at both spots and get as much playing time as possible uh but also they're kind of light there with neil being hurt so yeah big opportunity for josh jones and and blair to kind of compete for right. that spot we'll, we'll we'll finally see what blair looks like as an actual safety because we really haven't seen him We've only ever seen him down to the line of scrimmage, even when he was the strong safety in 2019, because they were still a one high team then. He played he played deep safety against Baltimore, didn't he? And um, there was a mix up, but I don't think it was his fault. Maybe a pinch. But um, uh, you you've actually said in the past how kind of a split safety system almost suits Blair's game. He's better. just so explosive, and he he takes such sharp angles. You would think that his traits apply, especially to quarters where you can play downhill more. Um, like you just want to see like what is what do those traits look like with enough coaching and, and reps and stuff. So um yeah, so so we'll see there. I think putting him at nickel is just a way to find him snaps because you're not gonna play him over Diggs or Adams, obviously. Um so we'll see. Also, he's been hurt. We don't know what kind of athlete he is now. Hopefully he's the same, you know. But I don't know. Hopefully. Right. Well, it's oh, and it's not Heinz Field anymore. Really, really tragic, sad, sad news. Corporate America. Another ketchup company has to swoop, swoop in there. <laughs> um, I wanted to say sweep in there. That wouldn't make sense. But it would be funny if they named it after like Trader Joe's Organic Ketchup Field or something like that. Mm. They're really going for the mass market there. Yeah. All right. Thanks everyone for watching. Great five star reviews. We we do see them. We appreciate them. Thank you. Please keep them coming. Please like and subscribe to this video on YouTube. Please just share the podcast amongst your friends. Download it. We may have some exciting podcast news coming soon. So keep your eyes peeled on the Twitter at Seattle Overload, which you should follow. And also please follow Griffin at C Mike Spin Move and myself at Matty F Brown. Thank you. Agreed. Peace out.